Hello and welcome to episode number 80 of the Ride With Me podcast. You are listening with your host, Mufus Chowdhury. Being on episode 80 today, I am super excited to announce that we're 20 episodes away from hitting the triple digit club, episode number 100. So I'm super pumped to continue providing some incredible value to you through these podcast episodes. Now today's one happens to be special. As I've been doing every 16 episodes, I've been releasing a special segment called the Random Thoughts of a Millennial. It just so happens that today's episode is Random Thoughts of a Millennial Part 5, where I'll be sharing some thoughts that's just been going through my head on these long drives and just kind of letting it flow into the microphone to see what comes out of it. And every single time, it seems like there's been some good core messages and some great value. And a lot of you have been responding to me through DMs, letting me know that you really enjoy these segments. So I look forward to providing yet another one for you today. What I want to talk about today that's been a bit difficult for me to talk about over the last few episodes or since the very beginning of the podcast is a part of my life that I've been working on from a reinvention standpoint. You know, I talked a lot about the concept of reinvention, uh, you know, reinvent your mindset, reinvent yourself completely, reinvent things that are happening in your life that you can control. But one of the things that I really don't spend a lot of time talking about is reinventing your health. And the main reason I really don't go in depth on this topic is I don't consider myself to be a professional. I like spending all these episodes talking about things that I'm well knowledgeable about or really have dug into so I can give you some context. But fitness isn't something that I feel like I've really got a great control over. So I don't talk about it a lot, at least not until I have some things that I've experienced personally that I can share with you. And I think in today's episode, it feels right. I think it's something that's been crossing my mind a lot. And I think I really want to get into the conversation around fitness because I think this year I've been able to truly own that side of my life more than I've ever have in my entire life. I've gone my entire life with acceptance that I'll never be in great shape. I have this very stubborn metabolism that as good as I do, as much weight as I lose, all it takes is one bad meal and I gain all that weight back. It's almost like I've never even started losing weight and it's been very frustrating and I've accepted the fact that I don't think I'll ever be able to lose my stubborn belly fat, something that I've been battling with for my entire life. Well, this year, I can honestly say, has been the most exceptional year for fitness. This is the best shape that I've ever been in my life. I've been more active than I've ever been, and I've been doing it consistently and for a long time. And this is something I post about on Instagram yesterday, something that's been going through my mind when I posted it, was the idea that when you have a long-term focus, consistency and patience become your biggest allies. It just naturally happens because you know you're not gonna see that result tomorrow. You know you're not gonna see that result next week. You know that the ones that are truly worth it is worth putting in that time and doing it for a long period of time. So this is where patience, And consistency just happened to be common sense to you and you get that it takes a long period of time. Now what I want to do with these random thoughts, just as I'm thinking out loud here, is I want to give you a step-by-step in what I've been doing since the beginning of this year. 
I want to talk about it from a fitness standpoint and really allow you to get the best messages out of this podcast episode. But before I start, I want to preface by saying that I am not a fitness expert. I am not a nutrition nutrition expert. I don't know a lot of those things like a lot of your personal trainers or people that are in the nutrition industry know. And a lot of the things that I might say might contradict some of the things that they're saying and they would want to challenge me as a result of it. So I want to come on and say that I'm not an expert in this field. All I want to share is what's been working exceptionally for me throughout the beginning of this year since the month of January. And I want to share the things that have been working with me so that you can take a couple of those ideas and apply to yourself as opposed to fact-checking me because there's probably a lot of things that I'm going to share that if you fact-check, you could probably push back a little bit on the things that I'm saying. But I'm going to give you the raw truth. I'm going to tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly of what's been working. And hopefully there's some value you can take away from it, even if it's one or two ideas that you can apply to your life. And a lot of this started at the very beginning of this year as I started doing a traveling dilemma that I was going through, you know, in the month of December, I decided that I was going to go on a trip and I was going to fly out and see one of my friends. And on my way back from New York City, as I was up in the air, I mentioned this in my podcast episode in the past, that while I was up in the air, I made the decision to come back and kick off this podcast series. Well, that wasn't the only decision I made. I also made the decision while I was up in the air to get my fitness under control. I said that we've entertained it in our office, you know, and Candy Box's studio. We talked about it a lot about getting our fitness going and doing a fitness challenge and signing up for the gym. And I decided while I was up in that air that I was going to come back and take that very seriously where it's not just an idea that we kick around, that we actually take it under control and put it into action. Something that I talk about a lot about not just talking about ideas, but executing it. I felt like I needed to live up to that message. So that first decision I made when I would come back from New York City is to immediately reach out to the people in the office and start making a plan that we can execute. And the one person that took this more seriously than anyone else happens to be Tony, who's a developer at Candy Box Marketing. I shared a few thoughts about how much Tony has made an impact in my life over the course of this year in previous episodes. But this is where I want to give you the nitty-gritty breakdown. You know, Tony was sharing to me a concept that he wanted to put into action in the gym, and he asked me to try it out with him and see if I like it. Now, I've done many different workouts in the past. Some of them have worked okay, I would say. Some of them have worked quite well, and some of them just haven't worked at all. So I was open to trying anything to figure out something that I can put into action this year, and more importantly, put it into action and continue doing it over and over again for the entire year. This is one of the challenges that I had a realization that was really stopping me from reaching my goals. It was a challenge of the fact that as I would be trying something, I would go into the gym, I would try different meal plans and then someone would have a conversation with me about what I'm doing and they would give me a new idea and they would give me an idea that worked for them and it would instantly inspire me after a conversation with them so I would roll out that idea and try it myself but the problem is before I could get a good grasp of any idea and give it enough time to breathe where I can truly see the results 
I hear someone else's good idea or I watch another YouTube video or I read another blog that inspires me to try something different. So I realized where I was lacking was consistency. It wasn't that these workouts didn't work. It wasn't that these nutrition programs wasn't right for me. It was, it was simply the fact that I wasn't giving it enough time to give me the best results. So I knew that one thing I needed to do this year was truly get consistent on one program. Try it out for a long period of time and only then decide if it's right for me or if I need to make any adjustments. But until then, I would be strict and I would stick with the program. So I decided to sign up. And we signed up at a gym and we started working out. And Tony introduced me to a concept called 5x5 Strong Lift. Now, 5x5 Strong Lift is very interesting because it contradicts a lot of the things that I knew about fitness. It was a lot of new things that I needed to learn, such as the fact that you only needed to go to the gym three times a week and put in about 35 to 45 minutes of work. That was surprising to me because I was always told that you need to go five days a week, you need to put in more than an hour, you need to squeeze in some cardio. Tony said three times a week, 35 to 45 minutes, no cardio, and that was very counterintuitive for me. But I knew that I haven't had my fitness figured out. I knew that Tony was seeing great results. And as a result, I kept my mouth shut and I said, I will try it out for a long period of time and see what happens. Now, I'm not an expert in breaking down the science behind the 5x5 strong lift. I actually encourage you to do a quick Google search and look it up because there's a lot of great information about it out there. There's a lot of people that even demonstrate it through YouTube videos that you can watch so you can understand it. But the idea is is that there is five different exercises that are involved in the entire 5x5 strong lift. Five different exercises. On day one, you're doing squats, you're doing an overhead press, and you're doing a deadlift. And then on day two, you're doing squats again, you're doing a bench press, and then you're doing a back workout that I don't even remember the name for. That's much. That's how much of an expert I am at it. I don't even know the name of the workout, I just know that it works great. So there are two days of exercises, day one and day two, And then because you work out three times a week, on week one, you do workout one, workout two, workout one. And then on week two, you do workout two, workout one, workout two. So that way, you're doing each day six times over the course of two weeks. So that way, you're getting a full rotation of hitting all the big muscles and you're doing five reps, five sets. So five times, you're hitting five reps of each workout. It's a very powerful concept. It beat me up. You know, at the very beginning, I thought it was going to be easy, but man, I got my butt kicked. I was also used to doing 12 rep workouts. Here I was being taught to do five reps, five sets. It was really interesting for me to learn. And the rule of thumb is if you're able to successfully do five sets and five reps, the next time you come back to that workout, you would increase it by five pounds, that's two and a half pounds on each side. And that was a really interesting concept for me. I wasn't sure if this was going to work. I was very skeptical at the very beginning, but I decided, as I promised while I was up in the air, that I was gonna commit to this for a long period of time and see what happens. 
And man, I was noticing results very quickly. It only took about two, three weeks before I really started noting, noticing results. And I, I, I don't just mean the way I looked in the mirror because that was definitely noticeable. I was seeing some tone that I wasn't used to seeing, but I was also noticing it in my endurance. And before I get into the nutrition side of the conversation, I want to stress that the only thing I did in the first couple months was focus on what I did at the gym. Not as much on nutrition. I wasn't ready to jump in cold turkey and try to win on both fitness and nutrition. I figured let's get the gym part under control and eventually I'm going to jump into the nutrition side. And the reason I stress this is because it's very easy to be discouraged if you're not winning in one of those two categories. Whether you're not going to the gym enough or whether you're not eating healthy, you find yourself discouraged if one of them is not going well and you end up quitting it all completely and it happens to be a common habit definitely a mistake that I was making so I decided that I was going to go in and just win at the gym for now and eventually I'd get the nutrition under control and what was really interesting is that as I started seeing improvement at the gym as I started seeing myself getting more toned and stronger I got obsessed with getting nutrition right simply because I wanted to get the best results from the time that I'm putting in at the gym. And the hardest part about the gym is actually just getting started. Now when people tell you to just get started, it doesn't mean that try to go to the gym. It doesn't mean that get up in the morning. It doesn't mean pack your gym bag. What I mean when when I say get started is just go into the gym and change into your clothes and get on the treadmill or get in front of the weights because I promise you if you made it that far, you will go ahead and complete your workout. It's very rare that you're going to go all the way to the gym, change into your clothes, get on the treadmill and then change your mind and decide at that point that you don't want to do the workout and then you go back downstairs or you go back to the change room, you change and then you go home. It's just very unlikely that you're not going to complete your workout. And the interesting thing is that I've been doing it consistently for the last seven months. I also have had days where I didn't perform my best. I also had days where I was on vacation so Tony would work out alone or Tony was on vacation and I would work out alone and I wouldn't give my best. So there's days that I missed, there's days that I didn't give my best, but the most important thing is it wasn't about getting it perfect. It was about consistently doing it to the best of my abilities so that even though I couldn't make it a perfect seven months, the amount of results that I saw were exceptional. It was absolutely powerful enough to keep me motivated to keep going. So you don't have to do the perfect workout. You just have to continue doing the best workout to your abilities for a long period of time to see the improvements that you want to see and gradually you're going to get there. And man, those next seven months are coming whether you like it or not. The question is, are you going to start now and see that improvement in seven months or are you going to look back seven months later and wish that you started today? You really have the decision to figure out how you want to deal with the workout side of things. Now jumping over to the nutrition side, as I said, I've been obsessed with working out. Tony has been a big part of this. You know, when I started in the month of January, it was snowing outside. My car doesn't do well when there's snowing. My car got stuck a couple times at the gym parking lot, but he would push me to go in every single day. 
we would also throw in some additional workouts in the mix simply to keep things interesting. You know, when I mentioned there's five exercises, it can get boring after a while. It can get too stale. It can be too redundant. So one of the things we do is always throw something extra in the mix. What we would do is we would have a conversation about an upcoming win that we want to achieve. For example, I was going out to the cottage with my friends and I decided that I wanted to push as hard as I can for the next month or two to get myself in the best shape before I go to the cottage. And I and Tony would ask me, what muscles do I really want to focus on? And I would say, you know, shoulders and biceps. And we would throw that as our extra workout to hit some shoulder and bicep workouts. So we're truly doing the best that we can. Tony mentioned that he's going to Jamaica for vacation shortly. Same plan. We talked about what muscles do you really want to hit before going to that on that vacation. And now we're spending time throwing in those extras so that we can focus on building that muscles. Keeping things interesting, planning out some short-term wins that comes up in two or three months that we can keep planning out. So every time you achieve the goal of that two-month vacation or that two-month trip or that day at the beach that you're trying to look good for, we would set another two-month goal. It would keep us motivated in the short term while we're improving for the long-term vision. And that's become super powerful. Now, as I mentioned, as things started getting better, as I felt myself getting stronger, as I felt myself losing weight, as I felt myself looking better, I decided now that I wanted to get the nutrition side under control. So in about month two and a half or month three, I decided to really focus hard on my fitness and nutrition. And the nutrition came down to a few major things. Number one, just understanding that the way to lose weight is to go on a calorie deficit. If you are not eating less calories than you're burning, then you're going to gain weight. If you're eating less than you're burning, you're burning more than you're eating, you're going to lose weight. That is the common sense discussion. That is a basic thing that you need to know. I know there's a lot of different conversations that can be had about nutrition, be it the macros, be it the protein intake, the reducing of carbs. There's a lot of different things, but let's keep it simple. Just eat less calories than you burn. Now, I use an app called MyFitnessPal, probably an app that you heard about. It's very popular, but it's free. So I decided to download it and set it up. And with the metrics that I put in place, it said that for me to lose weight, I need to consume 1,800 calories or less a day. So that became my focus. Now, the hardest thing is going out and eating or, or making food at home and trying to figure out how many calories that's worth. It actually becomes very stressful when you're counting calories. And my encouragement to you is not to necessarily count calories, but rather count the food items that you can eat over the course of a day that still leads to a deficit. So for example, I can eat a maximum of 1,800 calories. I know which meals allow me to achieve that, and that allows me to hit the deficit and stay under 1,800. So I know what breakfast item I can eat, which is typically, uh, you know, an egg wrap, or I would go to Starbucks and have some of their egg bites, you know, get a nice heavy protein with little calories. Or I would have a decent lunch where I would get a chicken and avocado sandwich, and I would have a dinner where I would have salmon or a chicken salad. I would figure it out. I wouldn't care as much about the number of calories. I would just know that if I ate those three food items or these four food items throughout the course of the day, 
it would still result in me losing weight. So I focused more on the foods that matter rather than counting the calories. Now, I did use my fitness pal to insert the food that I'm eating. So it puts me in check if I'm about to go over or if I'm underneath and just get a feel of how many calories that I take. And the reality is not every food item that you're having, it's going to show up under MyFitnessPal. MyFitnessPal does a great job. You know, if I went to Starbucks and I got myself a Frappuccino, there's a very good chance the Starbucks, uh, the MyFitnessPal app will tell me how many calories I have I have consumed over the course of that Starbucks visit and drinking the Frappuccino. So MyFitnessPal is very good, but there's a lot of mom and pop restaurants or there's a lot of food that you're going to whip up at home that you're not going to know how many calories it is because you simply can't find it on MyFitnessPal. My rule of thumb is always overshoot the calories. If you, for example, go out and you have a chicken salad, and you can't seem to find that exact chicken salad on the MyFitnessPal menu, just type it in and overshoot. Pick the one with the highest number of calories because it's easier to overshoot and end up actually finding out that you ate less than undershoot and finding out that you actually ate a lot more and you went over the calorie deficit. So focus on overshooting the numbers so that at the end of the day, more often than not, you actually ate less than you thought. This has helped me go a long way. I've been doing that since um, from month three to about month six. And this is where I really started seeing the best results. This is where I started getting up in the morning and feeling great. And this is where every time I step on the scale or look at myself in the mirror, I was extremely happy with the results that I was seeing. So I started truly loving this experience and getting hooked on it. And I was naturally still doing the, the fitness stuff at the gym. And now that I got my calories and my nutrition under control, I really saw the best results and this has become a really big winning strategy for me. Now around month five or six, I started hitting a weight plateau. This is where my stubborn metabolism starts working against me. It very slowly starts eating up and burning these calories and it makes it hard for me to lose any weight at a certain point. And I was getting a bit, I was losing a bit of motivation. As a matter of fact, I went to the cottage and came back and I was super upset at myself because I gained a lot of the weight that I spent months losing. So at that point, through another friend of mine that I met at, uh, I've known for years and we sat in the cottage and we talked about it and he told me a lot about intermittent fasting and how he's taking that very seriously and that how that has shown him some exceptional results. Now, before I get to the conversation about the fast, I want to say that you don't need to get into the fast to see great results. You don't absolutely need to do it. This is something that I've only been doing for the last three or four weeks. So I've only recently started doing it, but the results that I've seen has been the best results I've ever had in my entire life. I've shattered the glass that we call the plateau, that one floor that stops you from losing more weight than you should be losing or you're losing a lot of muscle mass or water and you think you're losing weight but you're not this fast has been a really interesting approach for me and you know again I'm not a scientist I'm not a fitness genius I don't understand fasting or the science behind it as well as someone else could explain to you or what you could find through a google search but what I do want to share with you is what I basically have been doing So my fast consists of me only eating for eight hours 
and not eating for 16 hours. Let's just keep it simple. I eat for eight, I don't eat for 16. The great advantage of this is you can actually choose which eight hours in a row that you want to eat for and which 16 that you don't want to eat for. So you could actually adjust that where you don't have to follow a specific a specific schedule. I decided to choose 11.30 a.m. until 7.30 p.m. And the reason that works nicely is because 11.30 a.m. allows me to start eating my first meal just close to lunch. I'll typically either have a um, a smoothie just to get break the fast or I'll have the chicken avocado sandwich to get the ball rolling. But 11.30 is ideal for me. And the reason 7.30 is the best closing hour for me is simply because I work out between the hours of about 5.15 to 6.30 maybe, sometimes close to 7. It gives me that extra room to squeeze in one more meal before I finish fat, before I start the fast. So 7.30 I have my last meal, but the most important thing is in those eight hours, you are still trying to consume the amount of calories that you would have consumed in the course of the day if you were naturally trying to lose weight. So as I mentioned earlier, I try to eat 1800 calories or less per day. Now, I still try to consume about 1800 calories within those eight hour period. So that doesn't change. In fact, you're gonna find that it's actually very difficult to overeat when you're only eating for eight hours because it's a lot of food. You know, 1800 calories over the course of eight hours is a lot of food. Whatever your calorie deficit is, try to get as close to that max amount as you can so that you're not going hungry for the 16 hours. You're probably sleeping for about eight of them anyways, and you're probably keeping yourself busy around the clock. So believe me, it's actually easier than people make it to be. I'm not saying it's easy to a point where I can sleep through this, but I can tell you this, it's been about three or four weeks, but I've never cheated. I never even felt the need to cheat on this fast because it's actually surprisingly easier than I thought it would be. You know, I break my fast at lunch. I'll be honest, I'm, I get a little hungry during breakfast time, but I don't mind. I waited out a few hours, I have a big lunch, I have some snacks in between, I have a really big dinner at 7.30, and that dinner keeps me full right up till I go to sleep and wake up in the morning. So believe it or not, it's actually not that difficult, but the biggest philosophy that I learned through this fasting is it's not as much about what you eat it's when you eat. As long as you can try to stay in that calorie deficit amount between the hours, those eight hours that you're going to fast for or you're going to eat for, it makes it very easy to lose weight and your 16 hours is where the magic is happening and you're burning a lot of fat, you're burning a lot of calories and you wake up in the morning feeling amazing. And that's one thing that has got me hooked on it I've been doing it for three to four weeks and I look forward to continue doing it for many, many more months as I close off this year of fitness. And it's truly been something that has worked better for me than anything else in my life. I've been doing this for many years. I've truly been trying to figure out how to get it right. And I can tell you that this is the year I feel the most confident that I've got, I figured it out thanks to Tony and his assistance and his motivation. And it truly allowed me to be confident enough to come out to this podcast episode and share it with you. Otherwise, if I had any doubt that it doesn't work, I would bite my tongue and I would wait until I get it right. As of now, I finally feel it. I finally feel like I got it right. So listeners, there's a lot of great ideas I've given you. A lot of things that's been working for me. Truly my best material. I'm trying to give you 
only the things that worked. None of that mumbo jumbo. None of that complexity. Keeping it simple. Letting you know the one, two, threes that's worked for me. Please try it out. But try it out for a longer period of time than you usually do. Because patience and consistency, if that's not right, nothing else I just said matters. Listeners, thank you for listening to the Random Thoughts of a Millennial. It's been fun to finally take this off my chest and share it with you. And if you got even one or two good ideas from this episode, please do me a favor and hit that subscribe button because I look forward to sharing many more episodes of great ideas and many great things along the way. I hope you have a fantastic day and I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Take care.